Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the final episode of RD and the Inbetweens for 2020 and what a year it has been. For this last episode, as we're going into the winter break or Christmas break, I wanted to think about what it's like for PDRs to manage work-life balance and how easy or not easy in some cases it is to put time aside at these kind of marker moments in the year and rest. So I'm delighted to be joined by Ellie Hassan, one of our PGRs. So Ellie, are you happy to introduce yourself? Yep. So my name is Ellie. I'm a PhD student in Sport and Health Sciences. I'm halfway through my PhD now. Um, So two years in of a four-year programme. So two years left. And what we're going to talk about in this episode is taking a break (laughs) in the... (laughs) the broad and loose sense of the term so we're coming up to christmas at this point in the uk and so it's it's the time of year where we get all of those emails from senior management i'm getting them to saying <laughs> enjoy your break enjoy your break and your brain goes but all you of must the- enjoy your break <laughs> and my brain's at the same time going i must enjoy the break but i must also do all of the things mm. um so in your experience kind of so far how do you how have you managed the kind of the not the mandated breaks but the kind of more <laughs> sort of the fluctuations of term time and things like christmas and easter where the university traditionally has a closed period mm. how have you approached those as a phd student yeah so i think so i'm i'm very like strict on my holiday time <laughs> um I think especially in comparison to other people one of the reasons that I'm so strict on it and I'm able to approach it the way that I do um is when I was um doing my undergrad and my master's you didn't really have structured holidays like that um and I also used to work part-time so I I basically I didn't get weekends or anything like anything any time off um so when I came into my PhD I was like right this is a full-time job so I'm going to take weekends off when there's holidays there's holidays and I'm going to try and really make the most of it. Um, and it's just really benefited me a lot. Um, I really like being able to switch off. And as long as I work properly in a week, I don't like mess about and stuff in a week and schedule in like ledger activities when I really ought to be working. Um, then I'm like, I'm really happy taking my breaks. <laughs> um, I, th- I feel like I've earned them. Um, so that works really well for me. For sure. Um, and what, and I think it shouldn't go unsaid that 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 kind of treating it as a nine to five, taking your breaks and fe- and and feeling like you've earned them is it's mm. not a small thing. It's a really brave thing to do, actually. And I'm always kind of really, um, really in awe when when people do that because it it isn't an easy thing to do within kind of academic yeah. culture. Because it, I mean, is it what you see the academics and students around you doing? Um. I see a mixed so I'm I'm really lucky one of my supervisors um is is really strict on his time so I mean he's got a young family um 
and he's like obviously living and working from home at the moment <laughs> so he's very much um bedded into his family life um so he's a really good exemplar um he works pretty much eight to four most days um and i would see him coming into the office in the morning and then leaving at a set time every day um and like he's he wouldn't necessarily email me out of hours or anything like that how important is that to you having that kind of having a supervisor that is a role model in that way and sets a very clear kind of sets very clear boundaries and a very clear expectation yeah it's really it's really important because it showed me like you see a lot of other people doing almost the opposite they're in all the time um like i I know other lecturers um other staff aren't like that um they'll email all sorts of time and that's but maybe that's just that their schedule is like that maybe they have a strict schedule but it's just different hours which is completely fine um but it it kind of sends a message that you have to be you have to be going all the time that this job is like your life um and i ideally would like to stay in academia but i don't want to have to do that so to see someone able to protect their time like that um is really comforting um and yeah really nice um i don't feel any pressure from him to have to do it otherwise so and i think that's it's so important that that kind of role modeling um of senior academics and supervisors and pis and managers it it's mm. such such an important precedent how yeah. they manage their time and you know i have colleagues that work flexibly because particularly at the moment because of childcare um, and yeah. working from home but also because of health reasons and and you know so will he be emailing out of hours but i see you know they have this wonderful thing on the bottom of their email saying i work flexibly i email out of hours i'm yeah. not expecting a response out of hours this is just when i'm working yeah i really like that when I people do. have that at the bottom of their email i really do um, and every once in a while I see people with wonderful out of offices saying things like, I hope you're getting a break and Merry Christmas. And, and, and that, mm. there's something quite nice about that because it, 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 it gives you, it does the thing that you're, the, you know, what your supervisor is doing by kind of modelling how to set boundaries. It's giving you, yeah. the junior researcher, permission to do the same thing. So do you, you know, you said you see other people around you doing the exact opposite, you know, does, does the pressure of that creep in sometimes? Does it make you sort of feel like, oh, maybe I should be? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially the nature of the research, some of the research that goes on in sport and health sciences means that people have to come in and, I mean, obviously not at the moment, it's not, I don't think it's allowed, um, but people might have to come in on the weekend or in the evening um, or really, really early in the morning to do stuff with like lab samples and things like that. Um, and have get enough time in to test their participants mm. um so so sometimes you know it has to happen and that's completely fine i don't feel any pressure um in regards to that kind of thing but yeah it's it's quite stressful when <laughs> you, you see other people doing loads of work and you're like oh no i've you know i had a really nice weekend and i didn't look at my laptop once um but i'm really i'm I'm quite realistic. I think I I mean I know that I can't work like that. It just ends up really being really counterproductive. Um like I just can't function <laughs> if I do stuff like that. Um so yeah, so when I feel that pressure creeping in, I'm like, well, if I did that, it wouldn't actually help. <laughs> it would probably make the whole situation worse. So Yeah, and that's that's the thing that's really really difficult because it's counterintuitive. We think that the more that we sit at a desk and quote unquote work, um you know the more we'll do and the more productive we'll be and the bet the better our work will be but actually in in for so many people it it's just com the complete opposite and mm. giving yourself permission 
to take those breaks yeah um is really difficult mm. so when are you stopping for a break then over christmas um i can't remember put it sorry it's basically like the week so i'm having i think two weeks over christmas maybe a little bit more are you not going to look at your emails so yeah so what i tend to do is just kind of i will check my emails i have them on my phone um but i have the notifications off so i only check them when i want to look at them um and i'll pretty much check every every couple days maybe um it depends if i'm expecting something to come through when i had my um kind of little holiday of the summer um i i was in the process of like proofing a paper and you know how they do that thing where they're like we have to get this back to us within 24 hours so (laughs) i was checking i was checking my phone quite a lot um to see that come through but then literally i proofed the paper it was fine and i emailed them back and that was all i did (laughs) um so yeah i'll I'll kind of check my emails every every couple days every few days like i say it depends what's coming in what i'm expecting to come in um but it's really just to see if there's anything that i want to follow up um sometimes it's it's very rarely stuff that has to be followed up but it can be kind of helpful you know you can spend like five minutes sending an email and then that will save you half an hour in january or whatever um so yeah maybe i should be a little bit more strict on that but that's it makes me feel better keeping a little bit on top of what's going on (laughs) i've i've had exactly the same i've someone's literally said to me in a message moments ago um but i so i was off for a couple of weeks um Mm. on sick leave and i was kind of dipping into my emails every few days just to kind of clear the decks and they were like oh you shouldn't have done that and i was like yeah but (laughs) i kind of i felt i felt well enough i only did it when i felt well enough to do it yeah so the volume of email sometimes that comes through our inboxes it, I can imagine. <laughs> it, it's it's not always that way, you know, but it, but it can be, particularly in the autumn term and at this particular time in the autumn term. So I was like, I just want mm. to make sure that when I come back on Monday morning, I don't have an inbox with kind of hundreds of emails in it that I then yeah. try and um, deal with really quickly. Um, and I think that that's it's it's not something I would normally do when I'm on annual leave. Yeah. Um, because usually I would take annual leave in non-term time so email mm. traffic is lower but because it was term time I made a decision to do things differently and I think part of part of this whole process is actually kind of giving yourself permission to do that too yeah it's so so I actually I was on sick leave this year um for three months yeah because <laughs> yeah, um, I ended up getting long coded um but it was a similar thing where there was no obligation for me to do any work but I I didn't want to not do anything because I felt like mm. I would kind of stagnate. Also, I would have got really bored and I was in Exeter and I was by myself for a lot of it as well. So wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would have just been really boring. So when I felt like I had the kind of capacity, um, then I did something. It made me, it made me feel better that I was still kind of ticking along a little bit, but I, yeah, I still felt no obligation really. And I ended up, ended up writing that paper um, and getting it published. So it was wow. a pretty good use of my time yeah. <laughs> in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it made life a lot easier than when I got back off uh, sick leave because there was stuff kind of ticked off the list. Um, and also other stuff that I'd been mulling over a little bit as well. Mulling over time is really helpful. Yeah. And I think that's what we we really undervalue about taking breaks and in a kind of small way, you know, during the day, but also those longer kind of periods of holiday or annual leave. Yeah. It actually really gives you time to 
think and to it really process. does doesn't it and so it gives it for me i find it gives me time to think and process and i'll come up with kind of random little thoughts um and i end up kind of jotting them on my phone for a later date um but also it gives you like a fresh perspective when you get back to something you need it yeah it's so valuable the amount of times that i've come back to something after a holiday or even a weekend i've been like what was I doing? <laughs> like, this is, this is silly for these reasons. Or like, oh, maybe I can tweak this and make it better in this way. Um, and I wouldn't, if I'd stuck with it the whole time and not had a break from it, I would never have got that benefit. So. So two weeks off over Christmas. Yeah. How do you, how do you relax? How do you kind of switch off? Because, you know, we have that mulling over time, which is great. And it's really great for those kind of little moments of random thoughts and inspiration mm. to hit. But, but also because, you know, what we do is an intellectual pursuit, you can't really switch off all thinking um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> about your research and certainly about your PhD to allow you to relax. So how, how, how do you go about that? How do you go about that relaxation switching off? Yeah, I guess I, I've always been someone who gets bored really easily. So I have to find ways to kind of occupy my brain. <laughs> um, so if I'm not trying to occupy it with uni work, it's like reading, gaming is quite a good one. Um, and like spending time with my family as well. Um, like pestering my sister. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like going, well, not obviously this Christmas, um, but like I'll go around my grandma's for a cup of tea or something like that. Um, just basically getting away from a situation where I'm sat at, at a laptop. Mm. And I um, think that kind of, that get that move away from the screen or getting away from the screen has become even more important now that we're all, all so definitely. many of us working from home. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I talk to a lot of researchers and I'm exactly the same as you. I, I cannot sit still. Like, it's just not... <laughs> it's yeah. not in my nature and I'm constantly told off because I I can't even watch television and not do something else at the same time whether it's <laughs> playing a game on my phone or like on my switch or just like because I do craft stuff like crochet or something yeah my brain doesn't seem to be able to function or cope mm. unless it's doing a couple of things at once um and it's been a really difficult kind of learning curve for me to learn that I that I do need to do stuff to relax yeah. I cannot just you know I know people who can just sit and <laughs> I envy them. Yeah, I know I envy them and I do not understand them um because that's not I, I need to do something and and more often than not like you I need to read or game or craft or whatever mm. it is because I need something that's going to occupy my brain yeah in whatever way just to take my mind you stop me thinking about all of the other you know all of the million yeah. things that need that need to be done because there's always more that needs to be done thing is so i'm a i'm a really big fan of lists yeah um so sometimes like well actually usually if i'm i mean it's not a problem to think about your research when you're not actually working it's not really a problem unless you're like sit sat obsessing about it yeah. <laughs> and like not really enjoy yourself um but yeah, I find if I if I find myself kind of stuck on a thought, um, I'll just add it. I've, like I just make a list on my phone. I just put loads of stuff on my phone, um, and I might even go back to the list and update it as I have more thoughts. Um, but I find that really useful because then I know that I can go back to it. I don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> um, when I get back to 
um like even if it is off just a weekend but when i get back from a holiday i can look back at that list and be like right what do i need to address <laughs> yeah. that like came up and i do the same thing but i send myself an email so because i so i have my i have my email account on my phone but mm. i don't have my mail synced so i can't look at it Ooh. i can turn it on if i want to but i've got the calendar synced but not my mail and that has been that's really good yeah yeah that i discovered that a few years ago and that's been a really revolutionary thing for me because i can get it on there very quickly when mm. i need it or want it but at the same time it's it's just the inbox isn't even there so what yeah. i tend to do is if i have a thought or quite often i will you know i'll be scrolling through twitter in the evening and i'll see something that's relevant to work or something mm. that i think oh, i need to reply to that or do something about that i just email myself to my work email with a kind of note saying you need to do this or look at this and i find that helps a lot because it kind of i know that i i've dumped it out of my brain yeah when i log on to my email on monday morning or whenever it is it will be there um and that almost gives me permission to forget about it. Yeah, I mean, you haven't forgotten about it, have you? You've just yeah. put it to the side till when you, yes. whenever you get to your email. So, yeah. And I think that's one of the kind of the the real benefits of of lists um, mm. is the ability to put that down. But even people who aren't kind of natural kind of list lovers, you know, <laughs> I, I know lots of people that just have kind of notes on their phone or notebooks or voice notes or you know people do it in lots of different ways just yeah. to kind of get it out of the brain and documented somewhere mm. so that they can you know get on with the business of relaxation <laughs> <laughs> which not the easiest thing in the world no. um, <laughs> okay so what about ways in which you are there ways in which you connect with and kind of relax with other kind of PhD students? Are there particular kind of ways that yeah. you interact with each other that you kind of, that you help each other relax, I guess? Um, not, not that much, to be honest. I've got, um, I've got a few friends who, like, so I would say the people, the people that I know, who are PhD students are most they kind of broadly fit into kind of two categories so people that I only really would see or interact with when I'm at work yeah um and then people who I do stuff with at the weekend or in the evenings or whatever so yeah the ones um who I would do stuff with kind of outside of work yeah will like meet up and stuff but it's not it's not a deliberate ploy to get them away no, no, <laughs> from no. their work in the holidays or anything like that <laughs> um yeah i think i think broadly um my kind of closer friends are pretty good um at switch off most of them have partners and things like that yeah. so i think that helps um yeah i think you know not not to in any way suggest that particularly during this period that kind of having partner and families and responsibilities makes things easier because i'm not <laughs> no but it, there is an extent to which it forces you to yeah. put in some form of boundary um mm. because or, or if anything you've just got something external to remind you that you 
shouldn't just be working the whole day or yeah, you can't just work the whole day <laughs> and if you have to go and pick some pick a child up from school or you, do you know what i mean you those aren't movable things yeah in, in yeah. the same way as perhaps kind of having a coffee with someone whether that be in person socially distanced virtually whatever mm. it is we're doing at any given time um but i think it's i think it's interesting because i hear from a lot of people that you know a, there is a kind of in some ways a demarcation between kind of phd life mm. and then kind of personal and family life where a lot of people's friends are actually not phd students yeah i think and that most of my switch off most of my friends are next i think all of my friends are next to phd students pretty much <laughs> um and then my friends from home a couple of them yeah. are actually um but most of them just have kind of normal jobs, if you like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't find that really to be a problem. No. Um, obviously, we'll end up talking a lot about PhD stuff Yeah. when we're just chatting, but not in a way that I... Like, I don't, I don't mind stuff like that. Um, no. It's not like we're sitting down and having an in-depth supervisory about my work. Yeah, <laughs> work I've done in the past week. This so. idea or this piece of data. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's sometimes super helpful. Um, especially when like there's various stresses and stuff to hear from them um, how they're doing. If they're doing well, then it's really nice because you can feel happy for them. If they're stressed, then it's nice because you can both commiserate together. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what I was trying to get at actually, that sense of there's, there's a benefit to people that share your experience and that really understand yeah. what it's like to be in it. And so yeah. can, like you say, celebrate with you when it's going well and commiserate with you when it's not. Mm. But then having kind of the people outside of that who don't necessarily have experience or understanding of of what this journey is like mm. and with and you know qu quite frankly possibly don't want to know um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm reminded of a wonderful moment that my was staying with my father over Christmas and he picked up a draft of a book chapter that I was working on with my supervisor and he read a sentence of it and he went Kelly I love you but I've got no idea what you do <laughs> um, and he went and I'm like and I'm okay with that <laughs> and I, I had this moment of yeah it's it's kind of fine because that it and it works for me because we don't there's a usual kind of like oh is it going all right yeah it's going fine yeah um but there's no in-depth conversation because nobody really knows what questions to ask and they don't really care <laughs> and, and yeah. I find that I find support but also the kind of people not wanting to know quite it can be quite freeing i guess yeah she's so like all oh, right okay i can't i can't talk about it because it's it's not the audience for it i guess yeah i completely i've I've definitely had that um with not so much family members but like friends of family like yeah. neighbors and things like that they'll be like oh like how's it going i'm like oh yeah i'm running a study or whatever and they'll be like oh What's it about? And I'm like, okay, I actually don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, it's nice that you've asked, but also, can we move on to a different subject? Yeah, it's really kind. <laughs> yeah. And there's always that I always say, like, make a joke about the moment that they ask the question for the detail, and then if you start giving the detail, <laughs> yeah, that ice plays over stop. really quickly. Where they're like, oh, I regret ever asking this question. Yeah. <laughs> because it's too complicated, and I'm not sure I actually want to know um so how i guess how do you manage all of this being away from 
like family so obviously like like a lot of people you've come to exeter mm. um to do your phd how do you kind of manage all of this stuff and manage relaxing and taking holidays and taking breaks with being kind of distant from your family and obviously even more so in the past few months yeah i mean i've always so i when so my family from well my family live in um london and i did uh, my um undergrad and my master's up in scotland so i've always been like pretty far away from them um yeah it's not like anything crazy but it's not so you can't just pop back home (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm pretty used to um being at a distance from my family and not seeing them like loads um and yeah keep myself just keep myself busy i guess um i talk to them quite a lot like i text my sister probably (laughs) anywhere between five and thirty times in a day yeah um (laughs) so it's it's i don't feel like separate from them from Mm. them necessarily and they'll be like like my grandma texts me and be like oh you know what you're up to this weekend kind of thing yeah um which is quite nice i usually have some things to report (laughs) (laughs) um I also I I play hockey um I I haven't been recently because of COVID but um that actually takes up quite a lot of time um either in the holidays like they'll put on extra training sessions and stuff um but then at the weekends it takes up most of my Saturday to be honest yeah um like getting ready getting to the match having the match and then getting back from the match can take anything from like four to six hours depending on where we're playing (laughs) um so yeah I guess just keeping busy I have quite a lot of hobbies so I don't really I don't really have trouble filling my time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know that um, um yeah and thinking about actually playing playing a sport and doing something that involves that kind of training how how does that fit in with managing the PhD like what benefits does that bring you uh, well firstly so I don't play for the uni so it's really nice to meet people that aren't I mean some of the people that I play with are like medical students and things like that um but for the most part people aren't affiliated with the university so it's like getting to meet other people Mm. from the real world (laughs) (laughs) the real world I love it (laughs) from out in the real world um it's quite nice Mm. um and yeah it's because it's kind of a scheduled thing there's there's definitely been days where say we've had training training is normally about seven o'clock um or I've had like a late day in the office or I've had to stay I felt like I had to stay late to do something and I'm like okay but I've got hockey (laughs) so I I have to stop I have to put this down and I have to go and I have to play hockey um but yeah also seeing them like a lot of them just have kind of nine to five jobs um so seeing them on social media like enjoying their weekends and enjoying their holidays and not even mentioning thinking about work is again it's quite a good like model yeah um to build off so like I know PhD is a, a academia we can see it as something very different but really it it should just be a job like yeah. it's that's what I'm contracted for <laughs> um is to receive my stipend for doing like 40 hours a week so I don't see why I should do more than that I should be able to complete in that time um yeah and so, like, yeah. there's there's that kind of and if if it's not possible within that time then the problem is with the system and not with you and yeah. i think people often you know when people are experiencing like poster syndrome and stress and that kind of thing it's very easy to go oh well the problem is me mm. you know and feeling the pressure to work all the time and all that sort of stuff whereas actually you know it, it's the acknowledgement that we actually work in a system that 
that kind of pushes that in the way yeah. that it's structured and that's not to suggest that any individual person or institution does that but but it's a, it's a systemic thing yeah and it's which is why i always say that it's really brave to kind of not do that because actually the the system is constructed in a way to try and get to try and get you to mm. um and but people always blame it on kind of personal failures whereas actually you know there's external responsibility here i think um one of the so i see quite a lot of I'm, I'm quite active on Twitter and I do see people on there saying like, like I saw someone the other day that they haven't had a holiday for something like two years. Yeah. And I was just like, why? <laughs> like, that's crazy. I'm, I'm never going to do that. If I, like I said, I want to stay in academia, but if, if I have to do that to stay in academia, I'm not doing it. It's just silly. Like yeah. you've got to prioritize yourself at some point. Um, and I appreciate for some people, they, they're just a lot more dedicated. Well, it's not even a dedication thing. I think they just have different priorities but for me it's it sounds selfish but it's, no, it's not the way to stay healthy you just yeah. got to prioritize yourself so and I think that that's what that's what's really encouraging for me in the job that I'm in is that so many PGRs now are saying what you're saying which is that I want to stay in academia you know I want a career in this sector but also you know that kind of culture of overwork and mm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to engage in that. Yeah. This is no criticism to anybody that is subject to those things because there's a whole kind of complex kind of culture oh, yeah. of audit and metrics and that kind of forces mm. people to. So, you know, this isn't a criticism of them at all, but it's really encouraging to think that there's kind of a new generation of scholars coming up through the system that are going well no actually we don't need to buy into that um, yeah and when you've got academic role models like your supervisor mm. who are able to to demarcate in that way and i think you know particularly i know a lot of very successful academics in our institution um who who are you know incredibly successful who do exactly mm. the same as your supervisor does who have very clear boundaries and very clear kind of work-life balance yeah it, it shows the the rest of the community what is possible um and it's not that people that aren't doing that are doing something wrong i know academics i've got friends um who you know they they work pretty much constantly but mm. they do that out of active choice it's interesting that you bring that up because yeah i there's definitely so actually, um, one of the people I lived with in my first year here, he worked every day of the week. Mm. Um, and I, I asked him about it once because I was like, I just don't understand how you do this. I can't, I just can't do that. Mm. And for him, he had to work every day of the week or he just, he would just lose focus or get too stressed. Um, and it, but he didn't, he, he never overworked himself. Like he would get up kind of when he never set an alarm. He would get up whenever he got up, he would go into uni and he'd be, he did quite long days, but they'd be peppered with like meeting friends and stuff like that so yeah there isn't one way to do it and also even if you don't want to do that even if you do want to work like 12 hours a day seven days a week if that's what you want to do and if you can sustain it and be happy that's completely fine it just doesn't work for me at all um so I just won't take part in anything like that <laughs> no and I think that that's really important it's about that sense of individual choice and what and what works for you yeah um, I do. T I do think that for the majority of people, that doesn't work. Um, but but I know I know and have friends and colleagues for whom it very much does, and for whom it's mm. very fulfilling. 
there's some people who really thrive on that don't they it it does really well for them yeah and and Um, that's and that's absolutely brilliant but i think the the thing that we've got to be careful of is we don't make that the we that becomes the except that we want that to be the exception rather than the rule and i feel at the moment it's the rule and your supervisor Mm. and you know that's the exception and that for me is where the where our culture needs to shift um Mm. and where i kind of feel you know i have my moments of feeling kind of really really encouraged that you know with with this kind of new generation of scholars coming through that that shift is coming because i'm seeing more and more people put these boundaries in place and talk openly about Mm. it because that's the other thing it's not just having those boundaries it's talking about it and talking about how you manage it yeah we need those you know like we were saying earlier we need those role models and we need those examples of senior people Mm. doing that so i guess my next question is what advice do you have for other pgrs who so imagining a fictional pgr which will be representative (laughs) of a lot of our pgrs i imagine um (laughs) who really really wants to get to a stage where they're working nine to five where they're taking their holiday but they just feel pressured by you know the way other people in their department are working and or overwhelmed by workload what advice Mm. would you give them so i think the key thing is organize yourself so that you know that you can get done what you need to get done in that time um i i plan I plan all my weeks out um, and I'm constantly reviewing kind of where I'm at, what I need to do, um, things like that. So occasionally I do end up working a weekend or whatever um, to get some stuff out of the way so that I know that the next week I can get done everything that I need to get done in the time that I have to do it. Uh, I think that's really the major pressure. People feel like they can't get everything done um, if they if they only do a nine to five or whatever. Um, another thing would be when you're working make sure we're actually working <laughs> um so i know yes. i know some people who do they do long hours but a lot of it is actually quite unproductive um which it's completely fine if that's how you prefer to work but for me my nine to five it's it's a very productive nine to five um at least definitely the first kind of four hours of the day i'm i get loads of stuff done um I get as much as I can and then I might be a bit more relaxed I might have a slightly longer lunch or whatever but yeah I make sure that the time that I am doing my work is I'm really like putting some quality work in um and yeah I that also really helps because then I don't feel bad for taking time off I know that I've done the 40 hours or 37.5 or whatever it is in the week and I know that I've done my best at doing that um, and with being organised, I then know that I'm on track. Um, so yeah, then I don't feel bad at all um, for taking time off. But also, just be a bit nicer to yourself. <laughs> um, like you deserve. If you want to take time off or you need to take time off, you completely deserve it. It's it's not like a luxury that you have to earn. Um, I know I said I feel like I have to earn uh, my time off, but it's more that's just for me to kind of feel happy with everything. Um, and that really that's what you want to get to you want to get to a point where you're just happy with the work that you're doing and the balance that you have thank you so much to ellie for taking the time to talk to me about how she manages 
work-life balance and taking breaks and taking holidays and weekends and and all of those sorts of things and for her great advice for other PGRs. I think you can tell from the conversation that I've been thinking a lot about well-being and self-care and some of the structural issues we have within higher education at the moment Um, and I think it's really important to acknowledge those when we're talking about work-life balance and well-being but also to acknowledge the pressures that people have outside work you know it's not as simple um as taking evenings and weekends for people if they are also working or are self-funded or part-time or have families or partners or caring responsibilities and I think I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and that's it for 2020. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me so far and I really look forward to more discussions about researchers' development and the in-betweens in 2021. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between.